You've reached Moody's Never Say Die Hard, a moonlighting podcast with Kevin and Chez. Each week we watch the next episode, available Friday, for you to download. For each break in the case, we have laughs for your face. For every twist and thrill, we have jokes that kill. Some fly by night, some fly by day. So let us now join Addison and Hayes. All major credit cards accepted. Hello and welcome to Moody's Never Say Die Hard, a moonlighting podcast with Kevin and Chez. I am Kevin. Hi, Chez. Hi, Kevin. I am here with our intern, Kiki. She has oh, actually screen. shown up for work. She's not <laughs> resting. She is here. She is present. And she is uh, demanding attention. So I guess we haven't paid her this week. So, I mean, how, how are you doing, Chez? <laughs> I mean, aside from that, the fact that I just said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is don't become an English major, people. This is what <laughs> happens at the start, middle, and end of your career. Uh, I am fine. It's uh, everything overall going well. The weather is a tolerable weather that I can take for this time of year. I am not expecting warm weather. I, you know, we live in a region called the Northeast. Yes. And this is kind of what we expect and that, you know, because, again, we, as we've mentioned before, we are in the witness protection program. Yeah. We are the in the witness protection program. Some country. Yeah. We, are, we are in the witness protection program and we are doing a podcast because clearly we are idiots. You know, if we're going to be in the witness protection program, I want the end of Goodfellas where we're talking and then we just get up from the courthouse and address the audience. But I guess in a way, that's what we've been doing the entire time. That's what time. we're doing. That's what yeah. we're doing. We, we are the narration from ending. Goodfellas. <laughs> That's why every one of our podcasts starts with the scene with the trunk at the beginning where Joe Pesci repeatedly stabs the guy in the trunk. This is why this has been our go-to image. We just keep editing it out because we chicken out at the last moment. Yeah. One day you're going to get the full box set, all the outtakes. Yeah, director's cut. Director's cut. Criterion will do a, we'll do yeah. a complete box set of a podcast for some reason. I got to think that the director's commentary of our podcast would be terrible <laughs> i well it would be us talking over us over right? us yeah 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 and you know sometimes when uh as i said you know we do put videos on our tiktok and instagram kevin give us those uh handles accounts yeah moonies never say die hard both places it was that simple you can and also email us if you want to at moonies never to. say die hard at gmail.com and if it's not a frightening message, we'll, we'll respond. <laughs> By the way, we have now given the mafia how to get to us. And so <laughs> they many can't ways. trace an email. They don't have the resources. I'd like to see them try. <laughs> I, you know what? Yes, I, I, I think saying your move, mafia, is our best move yet. <laughs> this is me, Chaz. <laughs> this is unfiltered Kevin. Yeah. All right. I'm not afraid anymore. Speaking right. of this is me, so Chez and I, I saw it first, and then I sent it to Chez. The, and we both fell in love. The trailer for J-Lo's new Amazon music video slash movie slash music fever dream. Music experience is the phrase that's yeah. being used. Okay. Looked incredible. Okay. There's every chance that it is incredible. There's every chance that it's not incredible. And either but, way, that means a series of chef kisses. Just yeah, not, like I'm just ready beautiful. for it. So... Yeah. February 16th is when it comes out. The movie comes out on Amazon Prime, February 16th. So check it out, and we will be discussing it on the following week's podcast, which is the 23rd. Right. So February 23rd, Moonies Never Say Die Hard takes a quick moonlighting break to see This Is Me Now, 
a J-Lo music experience. And since that is about love, I believe, since there seems to be a steampunk heart repeatedly yeah. in the trailer, that is our post-Valentine's Day, post-Galstime Day, post, you know, however you wish to celebrate or not celebrate the time, what you should be celebrating is this movie, because uh, this trailer is, I mean... Derek Huff is in it. There's going to be good dancing. Yeah. Well, J-Lo's in it, so there's going to be good dancing. J-Lo says there's going to be good dancing. Yeah. If the OED has yet to make official their definition for batshit, yeah. this, this looks like it. This looks like, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of it. There would be an endless series of entries for batshit, given everything, but this has got to be a Wano. Yeah, so we'll be doing it on the yeah. podcast. We hope you'll tune in. And yeah, it's gonna be fun. I I think I think it'll be a blast. And we hope you all enjoy it. And as always, we hope our sponsor enjoys it because as always, Mooney's never say oh, die. Wait, hard. wait, 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 just just okay. we are very yes. fortunate that we still have this sponsor mm-hmm. uh after some things were said last week. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know. The Zini's beloved mascot of Megplant the Eggplant went missing a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And then they brought in another eggplant mascot named Pegplant to replace her. And we found out that the search by the Ann Arbor police had been ceased. And they were not going to continue to look for Megplant the Eggplant. And, and- Chez-, Chez and I wanted answers. And maybe at a certain point in our discussions, because we get pretty deep into discussions at times... I I might have accused Zedis of being behind the kidnapping. We can say us. It is our podcast. I, I know, but I, I don't want to leave you just in the it. wind. Yeah, yeah. But still, it is us. It is us. So I assume we're working towards a heartfelt apology. So this would be coming from both of us. Not yeah. So we we at Mooney's Never Say Die Hard would like to apologize to Mama Tetrazidi all the way down the family tree from there to the entire the Zini's family. And we're just, it was a mistake. We just got, just like David Addison's, sometimes your mouth gets ahead of your brain. And, yeah. and it was it was a lapse in judgment on my part. And and I'm, Again, I'm glad Zini's- because it is the podcast. I'm glad Zini's was able to look past it and continue to be our sponsor. So again, I apolo- yeah. we apologize and, and we're happy we to be we part apologize. of the Zini's uh, sponsorship family. Thank you very much, Zinis, uh, because we get our copy day of for yeah. the podcast that we're doing it. And uh, Kiki, our intern, sends over the copy. So often we get the copy the morning, like a few minutes before. Yeah, I haven't Which seen is it. perfectly fine. It's Chez, it's Chez's I, have, day, I have not so, seen it. So Kiki emails yeah, it to Yeah, I have not Chez. seen it. But yeah, because, you know, we like to, we're a team. We like to all kind of take turns and everything. I'd also like to thank so, Zinis for using the Mooney's never say die hard at gmail.com account, which Kiki monitors for us. Which Kiki monitors for us. And if you wish to sponsor us and you wish to reach out to us, please use that email address. Mooney's never say die hard at gmail.com. Again, thank you. Thank you for sending us the copy, Zinis. Thank you for still having faith in us and trust us, even though at a certain moment it looked like we weren't reciprocating in that regard, but we do apologize, as mm-hmm. Kevin said. Mooney's Never Say Die Hard is brought to you by Zini's Italian Restaurant, the only restaurant in America. And today, Zini's is happy to announce the safe and triumphant return of mascot Megplant the Eggplant. Okay, good. Yeah. 
Yes, after being kidnapped by the villainous Glowerpus, who wants all the eggplant dishes for himself, Megplant is back at Zini's with her sister Pegplant the Eggplant, thanks to Zini's delicious new entree trio of Eggplant Caponata, Eggplant Rollatini, and Eggplant Putanesca, thereby meeting the kidnappers' demands of mouth-watering eggplant treats and securing Meg's freedom. And today, Zini's is also happy to announce the newest member of the Zini Land Food mascot family, the evil Glowerpus. Can anyone stop him from burgling the next eggplant? Because at Zinis, they like to keep their friends close and their enemies close. Zinis Italian restaurant, the investigation is closed. There will be no further questions. I, what's a, is Glower, <laughs> was this a stunt? I have questions, Kevin. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have questions. I know we apologize and maybe next week then I can do the apology. No, no. I mean, be... I'm just, so was it all a stunt? Because well, we're not the, in okay. we're not in Ann Arbor, so is this Glarupus? Was this something that they meant to do? Okay, there are a couple approaches we can go. Was yeah, it no, the kidnapping? We're we're spitballing. We're blue sky. We're, we're this is not accusations. We're just trying to figure out. No, the case out is the closed. Apparently, to, the case is closed. The investigation is over. We are not making accusations towards our wonderful sponsor, Zini's Italian Restaurant, the only restaurant in America. But. Let's 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 test out the possibilities here. One was the kidnapping all faked, so they can introduce two, three new entrees and a new character. The entree sound delicious. Eating, I mean, that's way. smart. Sound, mm. That's a smart way to yeah, do I it. Mean, that, I guess that's a, that's 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 just a, we we I are mean, fine line I would people. Have, we are working our fine line. But you know. I would have let the or sponsor people know that that was it before we got angry and had yeah, to apologize. I, I, just let us in I, you know, a little, little if that's up, your plan. A little heads up. Or was there a real kidnapping and Zini just paid off the kidnapper because they saw the PR value in it? A few other questions come up because of it. Yeah. Is Megplant an actual human-sized sentient eggplant? Or did a real person in a costume be put in a rather precarious position for the last week? We also don't know when Megplant returned. We don't. We just know Megplant. She's back. She's back, and that's yeah. good. She is back. She is with her sister, Pegplant. The family is back. Apparently, the Zeniland family now includes the person who kidnapped Megplant, which does not seem... Well, I mean, to... McDonald's McDonald's has the Hamburglar that Hamburgles. Yeah, but at no point did the Hamburglar kidnap Ronald, so there seems to be a level of trauma that Zenies is not addressing here. I mean, had there been a point where... And by the way, Kiki, I'm going to ask you one point. Who was the villain in the Burger King land thing? Because I, I remember Burger King and I remember Sir Shakes a lot, who shook a lot, which in hindsight, not a great, not a great mascot. We're definitely going to have to apologize next week. We've. I know, I know. We do have okay. to apologize. But the other question, and we brought this up last, these are questions. These are not accusations. This is a dialogue. We like to have a dialogue without sponsor. Yeah. Because we like, we want them to be, much as the evil Glowerpuss is now a member of the Zeniland family. It's called Glowerpuss? Glowerpuss. Okay. Glowerpuss. I guess Sourpuss. So the question is, is this character sour-tasting eggplant, which doesn't seem... By the way, yes, that actually is good. Because you don't know this yet, our fair listeners, because they haven't made it public, except right now in this very copy. Kevin and I, being in the Zeni family, <laughs> hopefully for another week, 
Yeah. Uh, do get the official PR photos and uh, get a sneak peek of Glauerpus, the mascot. And he appears to be a giant eggplant with arms and eyes. Can you send Maybe that Maybe a me? mouth, but... Uh, yeah. Kiki? Kiki, Kiki, I believe. Should, yeah, Kiki, get on that. Please send. I thought, I thought uh, yeah, because I guess because it was my week with the sponsorship, yeah. she sent me the PR photo. There may also be a mouth, but that also might be a nick from a vegetable peeler, so I'm not sure. But <laughs> in all honesty, because of that, Glowerpus looks like Grimace from. Oh yeah, I just got the text. Yeah. And you're looking at that right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now, I think a lot of people know this now because it came out. But just in case, you know, did you know that Grimace was originally evil Grimace? Like this is evil Glowerpus, and evil Grimace had four arms, and his plan was to steal milkshakes. He wanted all the milkshakes to himself. Like we're drawing parallels. We are not making so, copyright accusations. Was this like, around? Was there also a hamburger? Was there also a hamburger? There was at also that a time? hamburger. So, so each, they had somebody stealing had hamburgers and they had somebody stealing shakes. They had to be hyper vigilant at McDonald's for a while. Okay? <laughs> the fry guys just like to eat fries. All right, we're going to have to do things. So McDonald's does not really, I think now they have the bird for breakfast you see occasionally. I don't know because McDonald's, when they do these things, tends to uh, advertise this kind of world. I would see it as a kid because they'd advertise on kids' television. I don't think during Only Murders in the Building do you see a McDonald's commercial with Ronald McDonald. But then again, I don't know. I actually, yeah. And this is from McDonald's copies. Grimace is designed that way because he's supposed to look like a giant taste bud. Apparently a taste bud after drinking grape soda, but he is a walking sentient taste bud. Okay. All right, so a little backtrack here. McDonald's used to have something called McDonald's Land. So there used to be Ronald McDonald, there'd be the Hamburglar, there were Fry Guys, there was a hamburger that was the sheriff, the, the head constable, there Mayor was McCheese. another hamburger that was the Mayor yeah. McCheese, but all this stopped when Sid and Marty Croft used to do things like HR Puff and stuff, realized they essentially had lifted the entire roster of characters from HR Puff and stuff. They sued McDonald's, they won. So that's why McDonald's land disappeared. Oh. So as far as I can tell, Glowerpuss seems to be a combination now of Hamburglar and Grimace. And Glowerpuss apparently... Speaking of kidnapping. That is true. So today's episode of Moonlighting, the kidnappings keep on coming, Kevin. <laughs> because with this week's episode of Moonlighting, my fair David, a pianist, pianist, excuse me, a pianist with a gambling addiction is kidnapped and his stepmom hires Maddie and David to renegotiate the ransom to the lowest possible amount. Clearly, there's not a there's a problematic relationship between mom and step uh, between stepmom and child, grown man, by the way. But then it turns out the pianist faked his own kidnapping. Right. Plus, he gets Maddie and David to agree to a lie that they rescued him from the kidnappers without having to pay at all, which in turn somehow scores them a rather hefty reward money. But then the pianist is kidnapped again. When did kidnapping become the basis of our economy, Kevin? When did this happen? <laughs> but so it's all kidnapping all the time on today's episode of Moonies Never Say Die Hard, brought to you by the wonderful Zini's Italian restaurant, the only restaurant in America with the three uh -huh. new Italian dishes you simply must try. Zini's. The investigation <laughs> is closed. That's not suspicious. It's fine. It's fine. You know what? It Can't is fine. There. Can't wait to eat there. I can't. Can't. Cannot. Cannot wait to eat there uh, on your reservation. Because again, I'm inviting myself. And mm -hmm. as, as Zini says, if you bring your own chair, they'll they'll squeeze you in. I may I up to one chair. Up to one chair. 
<laughs> I'm going to bring my own utensils just in case. Because, you know, they run a tight ship, it seems. They're going to spit in our food. We have to do better. <laughs> well, you know what? This is all on me. Just like you took the blame for the last one. This is all on me. Yeah, we do have to do better. But I think everyone involved has to do better, Kevin. I do. Yeah. I mean, and the, you know the question is, do you, want to sleep, do you want to sleep soundly at night? Or do you want to sleep with eggplant in your belly, but not soundly? And so that's where well, we're at. this was going, it's like, do you, I thought this was going to be, do you want to sleep with the fishes? Because one, <laughs> Kevin and I, being Italian, that's how we ended up in the witness protection department because of our mob connections, obviously. And because he needs this an Italian restaurant, it's like, was there something? But that's not where you're going. That's not where you're going at all. That's it was all in my mind. That is perfectly fine. But you know what was good? It was actually okay. this episode of Moonlighting. Yeah, pretty good. This is an enjoyable. This was an enjoyable episode for for us. That's two in a row. To be yeah. And again, this season, because this is episode five of season two. This season started off with the somewhat problematic David's brother episode, which was not problematic in the character of the brother, nor in the actor Charles Rocket who played him, but how it ended in a way that didn't make sense, much like season one ended with the cream pie fight. Cream pie fight. Which is also what was the original plan to end Doctor Strange Love, was with the cream pie fight in the war room, just to make it. That That is actually true. There is footage out there that was supposed to end in the cream pie fight. And then Kubrick said, or. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so t- this is this is our kidnapping episode, inadvertently so. The backdrop, and, the backdrop for this kidnapping episode is that Maddie is tired of David's antics and simply exhausted and wagers that he can't act like an adult for a week that's basically the backdrop of what's happening while they're doing the kidnapping case right and in the real world asking an adult to act like an adult for a week seems like a small ask but because david as we discussed is from the character in large his version of big it it is a large ask it is a big oh, ask. it was hard it for him a, he failed so many times. So many times. His version of being an adult in this is to always look like he's been tasked with being an asshole. Yeah. Or just just a depressed individual. Now, granted, that is eighty percent of the adulthood. But not not to not to Maddie though, because she has those lines where she says, "Being an adult is great." great. <laughs> you're like, it's not no, great. it's not. It's idiot. never been great. No, it has <laughs> never been great. You know, when you're being an adult is great to a kid dreaming that being an adult yeah. means freedom that yeah, you, can you can eat, eat cookies, what you want. whatever you want, yeah, yeah, all that. And that is true. You can, but you have to buy those cookies then. Yeah, and then you have to secure some sort of means of employment if you are not a trust fund child, to mm-hmm. be able to purchase said cookies. So every move that you think was going to be great as an adult has like 47 precursors to allow you for that. So being an adult is not fa- when This is not a depressing episode, by the way, people. But being an adult is work. And David's job, however, is work. And he does need to be more of an adult. He does. Yeah, there is Clearly. a middle ground between yeah. where he where he always acts and where he pretended to be an adult. Because Kevin and I live in that middle yeah. That's I mean, that's we are spot. just, we, that, yeah. I was gonna say that is, because to be quite honest, let's, let's be honest. You and I are kind of the last people to chastise someone for making a joke 
perhaps is not the best time to release tension. You and I do not care for tension. It ratchets right. up our own kitchen, and we like to joke about it because that's what we do. After all, that's how we wound up in the witness protection program. We made the wrong joke <laughs> at the wrong time to the wrong capos, and now here we are. But still, David needs to read the oh, room. Now, now, they, now the mob knows we're the joke ones. We're the ones who made the joke. Well, they know. I guess they didn't know. Oh, crap. <laughs> this you know, is bad. Again, being this in the is mo- real bad. <laughs> so the mafia... And perhaps an Italian restaurant have issues with us now. So we, we have <laughs> we have until we have until Friday to come up with a new plan because this doesn't come out till Friday. Or I could just delete what we just said. <laughs> we have control right now. Still, we do have. We're not we live. Have, this that, is, that not is true. Live. <laughs> but and we're leaving it in. We have to be true to our art and yeah, also editing. Hard, just like adulthood, editing's hard. And Ugh. if you cut all this out, we then have to either we have to decide right now that we're stopping recording and starting again. And uh, we got other stuff to do because we're adults. We yeah, love I don't want to hear about Glaropus again. I don't want to because that was depressing. Is. What is it, Glaropus? Not Opus. It is Glaropus. Yeah. No, no. Glower Opus, if we find out they, they have uh, Zinis, has their. Are they going to have an Irish eggplant? Oh, God, they're going to do it. I know it. Are they going to die in eggplant? Now I, sound, said, now I sound frustrated. <laughs> yeah, now you sound frustrated. <laughs> God, this but place. I, uh, they're going <laughs> to anyway. die in eggplant green, which essentially, not exactly, but kind of leans you towards zucchini, which mm-hmm. admittedly does not sound Irish unless now it's oh zucchini, which still doesn't sound Irish. But they're going to do this. I know they're going to do this. Remember, Depending on where you're living, but in the Northeast, there is a chain of ice cream stores called, uh, I think, all the way down to Virginia, because Pat Oswald had once mentioned uh, this thing, Carvel Ice Cream. Yeah. And what they did, they'd have the cake pan for the whale. like, And it was always like, you're a whale of a dad, which, not you, they were smart. They, you're a whale of a mom. You just blew it, kid. You blew it on both <laughs> accounts. That's not a way to go. Everyone likes, we're all working, okay? Yeah. But when they would turn it 90 degrees counterclockwise, that's how they got their Santa Claus ice cream thing. Mm-hmm. That's actually smart. Very smart. Cookie, Cookie Puss was their alien ice cream, which meant it was just a weird thing that had an ice cream nose on it. It was delicious, by the way. Carvel ice cream, just like Zini's, delicious. Uh, but then they would also do Cookie Opus. So mm-hmm. everyone decided to get in on the St. Patrick's Day thing in the worst way possible. So Cookie Opus was like mint chocolate chip ice cream or something? I, I'm assuming it was mint chocolate chip as opposed to, say, pistachio, which was my favorite flavor as a kid. I that adds up. That, that adds up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how. I should, should, I, should, I walk into, should I wade into these waters and ask how? Do you have, a, do you have an ice cream that tastes like nature? <laughs> as opposed to, like, you know, a fun flavor? <laughs> What have you got in the this way is, of Kashi ice cream? This is why this is why Chess is gonna live to a billion years, and me, who does have a cookie whenever he wants, because he's an adult, is not. It doesn't matter. We're, we're, it all ends in 2040. We've discussed this on our podcast. This is gonna be so much cheery of a podcast. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not doing my part to make it to 2040. <laughs> you may or may not have a child. I think you want to work a little. Yeah, harder I gotta do better. That. Yeah. But, but listen, let's let's be honest. Pistachio. 
is not supposed to be green ice cream. If they did it right, if you get pistachio ice cream and you get the organic pistachio ice cream, which doesn't necessarily mean it's the good, it just means it came in a green box. Yeah. I remember when that was it, everything was a green box. Wasn't that like snack wells? Yep. And their whole thing was, we all just assumed, no yeah, one they looked don't, at the they calories. They don't torture their good. cookies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all free-range cookies. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all free-range Nutter Butters or whatever. And, um, but yeah, I did like it. So that was, because there was flying saucers. That okay, was their yeah. version of a chip witch without the chocolate chips, which I guess is how they end up with Cookie Puss. He was the alien who was so much larger than the flying saucer, but flew in the flying saucer. saucer. Uh, welcome to our food edition. <laughs> our food and food mascot edition of Mooney's Never Say Die Hard. They the haven't eaten. in Moonlighting episode. They haven't eaten on Moonlighting in a while, right? Well, they didn't they, eat this episode. They didn't they go to didn't like a fancy a, restaurant or anything. Always a fancy restaurant, but so much cloth. Yeah, but heavy not this cloth, episode. Heavy cloth napkins. They they go to nice places because as their client comes in and says their son, the pianist, mm. as we will, as, as at the beginning, of, you find out as a gambling addiction, he is watching a sporting event, football, in mm. a way that a, you know that the moment he's watching, you know he's got money riding up. Because look, there are three ways to watch a sporting event. There's my way in which you're watching something else entirely, unless it's the Super Bowl. Yeah. And even while doing that, you're on your laptop anyway, but you want to be connected to the world. There is a fan, much like you perhaps with your uh, with your Mets games and, and Mr. Met, who we now know could officiate weddings and maybe could actually also, as a mascot, handle Hostage negotiation. I don't, I don't want Mr. Met anywhere near this whole thing. He wants the purity that is the yeah, entire Met family. Yeah, he is a treat and he should remain safe. <laughs> no, he, he doesn't need anything to do with this. He just needs to be clean of this whole thing. It's like, yeah, no, but is, is this like Pac Man? There is a Mr. Met. There is a Ms. Met, or I don't know how. There is a Mrs. Met, yeah. Ms. Oh, it's Mrs. Met. Is yeah. there a, like, there's a Pac Man Jr.? Is there a Met? There Jr.? were kids at oh, some kids. point. Multiple. Yeah. There were two kids, like two Mrs. Met, like Met kids that had the big heads but little bodies. <laughs> Did one have, like, a bow to designate they were the girl I don't in the very 80s but, kind of fashion? Like but they, they were only Pac-Man. there for, like, maybe one season, I think, because we never saw them again. We see Mr. and Mrs. Met all the time. But I don't think I've seen the kids since before my kid was born. I think it's a good thing, because if I had a child, I'd be very wary about what I put on them for photos and social media and such. I wouldn't want too much. Yeah, so you know? they just don't want So <laughs> I think, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think they want them to lead normal lives. They don't want yeah. them to be celebrity children. Yeah. You know, they don't want them to grow up to be Nepo babies or Nepo baseballs or whatever the case would be. <laughs> they so, go yeah, for so, job interviews and they're like, your parents, Mr. and Mrs. Met. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're the Andersons. I am. I'm sorry. I just assumed because you had the exact same head as the. <laughs> I'm just saying you have a hydrocephalic head with stitching. Yeah. And. You're gesticulating all your answers because, like <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. Met, you are mute. The Mets are mute, right? Yes. So, to bring back to last week's thing, didn't you say they could? No, they don't. Can they officiate weddings? They don't officiate weddings? the wedding. They just they come just to the wedding and yeah, and just they a whole bunch of jazz play, hands yeah, take and pictures. Kind of yeah, yeah, they take pictures and yeah. Wouldn't it be something at that wedding that the bride and groom were unaware that Mr. Red that this was a surprise from one of the parents, <laughs> and so he just shows up, and you're like. 
we don't even like them. What's going on? <laughs> I mean, I think that, especially if they show up during the service. But I mean, can you imagine Mr. Matt stands up and does anyone object? And then it's just silence because he can't answer. It's just gesticulations. And then he just does that with the two hands when you just give up, you know, that, ugh. Oh, I thought you were going to be that, like ugh. the end of The Graduate where he bangs on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't say anything. There's yeah. no Elaine. Yeah. Just come. And then the two of them, the bride and Mr. Matt at the back of the bus. <laughs> and it seems like freedom, and it seems like an escape, and it seems like happiness. But they've got adulthood. They've got all the they've got all the things they have to deal with, with the repercussions from their actions. Because that's what adulthood is, people. But the repercussions of your actions. A husband that doesn't talk back, that's the dream. <laughs> yes, but it's also a husband that doesn't <laughs> offer opinion. That's what do you want to What do you want to eat tonight? I mean, that's basically Why what I, I do. Why do I always have to decide everything? That's basically because that's what I legitimate. do. <laughs> that's what you do. Although it's all of us because we don't know what we want every time we go to order. It's the same food. But I, I'm sure in relationships, I have been the person like, I don't know. What do you like? Because yeah. and that's not you think you're doing good, but you're not. You're not. You're yeah. not. You are not helping in the least because I'm going to tell you our intern Kiki, although a whiz at handling the thing. What do you want to do tonight? Because I'm the only guy with two cats. They don't throw an answer. This is why I end up having to choose what we watch or what we do or just help me out of this, Kevin. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> help me out of my adulthood. Anyway, so the pianist is watching this. And again, so there's the fan, the second right, one, right. who's watching the, three, the game. The three, three ways to watch the game. Yeah. yeah so yeah. there's. <laughs> I'm back. Thank you. Bless yep. you. So the fan who watches the game and alternates between, I assume, like you, elation and frustration. Mm -hmm. And maybe long stretches of somebody do something, something happen if it's baseball. I'm not knocking the sport, oh. but it's baseball. There are stretch. <laughs> oh, they've, they've made changes to speed up the game that I assume a lot of baseball fans have issues with and understandable because when. I do hate change, it, but I mean, it, I guess it made it more popular. I would say I went to a Mets game this past summer where Mr. and Mrs. Mets danced on a dugout. They danced on the dugout. I would say yeah. that game, though. And then there's this guy who's clearly looking like, like he's got limbs on this game. Yeah. That something's going to go wrong. And something does go wrong because we get our standard goons. I love that the efficiency of the bookie. To have people ready for when the game ends. Oh yeah, on a moment's notice, yeah. outside doors. That's I, that's a that's good. That's good. I bookie. would love to run a bookie business like that. <laughs> I think I think that would just be wonderful, because you're right. It's just uh, they go in. Now here's where something happens. I recognize our two goons. Yeah, so two two muscle goons two from muscle the goons. bookie office, the bookie office, the bookie from the office. bookie office show up. <laughs> As an collect. adult, it's important to know terms. <laughs> it, it just helps in conversation. And this term is bookie office. Yeah. Now, the one in the leather coat, the one who does the talking, that actor is Billy Drago. Now, I recognize him from a series of riff tracks, MST3 games like Martial Law 2, Cyborg 2, very much into the sequels. Mm -hmm. And he was on a bunch of, but most famously, he plays Frank Needy in The Untouchables. Frank Needy is the one who kills Sean Connery's character, who's drawn out by the gun, by, as the court goes, the Italian, you know, only Italian brings a knife to a gunfight. He follows him out, Frank Needy kills him. Frank Needy later dies, although in real life, I think when Capone went to jail, Frank Needy took over 
the mob because, as we know, we should have some mafia background information being mob witness protection. It would be so much nicer if we were there. I don't even know what our role was in the mob. We were just so loosey-goosey about it. We just showed up there. I think we were interns <laughs> being paid in urinary food, you know, urinary medication. Maybe that's when I got paid in the urinary food. The other one was an actor called Erwin Keyes, who I did not know by name. I knew Billy Drago by name. And he would play like oafish bodyguards. Mm -hmm. He was very much wrong. In fact, he had a recurring character as an oafish bodyguard in The Jeffersons. That's when I did remember him first. He would always introduce himself again. Meanwhile, the pianist was in Desperately Seeking Susan in Radio Days and Waterworld. So they were all there. And then they break his nose. Yeah. They don't break his hands because... That's not a smart move. You want your person to maybe be able to make means to pay you back, and he needs his hand. So when he walks on stage, bandage, which I assume was duct tape he had in his, because this is all taking place in, I guess, the waiting room, mm-hmm. right before a performance. I mean, that's what happens. When I, I get, again, just, good, good gooning, like good bookying, because you have the guys there when the game ends to yeah. collect, and then you know not to have them break the hands. And and that's the thing because. This was actually a pretty good shorthand. You see him, the reason I brought it is that you know he's got money on it, they come in, you know he's in trouble, you know he's in trouble, as we all are from time to time. Am I right, people, or at least Kevin? We all get in trouble with the mob. Mm-hmm. And so this was actually effective shorthand storytelling for this. But the mom has come in, and this is why I'm bringing back to what you said earlier, that Maddie says adulthood is fine and adulthood is sick. Maddie has had a reason that adulthood is fine, because for a while she's had money. Yes. In fact, the reason the pianist's mom, when she comes up, because the pianist will end up being kidnapped, is a woman of wealth to another woman of wealth. Yeah. She trusts because there's a network of rich people. And if you think that isn't true, then you don't know what adulthood is. Nah. We're learning more about adulthood than anything else. Talk to us, people. We're adults. (laughs) If you got any questions, we can go, What and then we'll make a joke. Yeah, what do you want to do? And then we'll make a joke to kind of make sure we're no longer talking about this. So we're not going to help. But Maddie believes adulthood is fine. As you're saying, David thinks adulthood is being the character from lunch. Always. Constantly. Just again and again. And this is the episode where I realized I remembered this episode. Or I think I remember this episode. Because when you see David, he's doing a limbo contest. Mm-hmm. He's got a fake plastic lay and it's a microphone and one of the most unhygienic things I can think possible is singing into a toilet paper roll. Not the roll, but the cardboard. Yeah, the tube. cardboard in between. I, that, that should not be close to your mouth. I was very sad to watch this episode twice because of this Limbo Rock song. Now, my history with the Limbo Rock song... I am all ears. <laughs> ...is that this song gets stuck in my head for months at a time and i just can't get rid of it so it is going to be with me now long past watching that j-lo movie because not not because of moonlighting i wasn't old enough but i was old enough for perfect strangers now there was an episode of perfect strangers our next podcast, people. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be Where, good. Wasn't it like 11 seasons and they weren't yeah. even cousins at the end? I don't remember what happened here. Take us straight to 2040. <laughs> um, so there was an episode where Balky was teaching cousin Larry how to make a Miposian meal. I can't believe I remember that. Called wow. Bibby Bobka. 
So Bibby Bobka. I want you to know because you're not seeing the visual. Kevin is looking at nothing on screen. You can always tell when someone with their eyes that they're looking. But he is not. This is all from <laughs> no, deep this in the recesses of Kevin. No, this is forever burned into my brain. And Bibby Bobka was some kind of pastry meal thing that he made from his home country. And when he was teaching it to cousin Larry, there was a song that helped you do the process of making a Bibby Bobka. And that song was to the Limbo Rock. And I know it to this day, and I can't do it on this podcast because it's just too much for me to have to relive it, even though my brain is currently reliving it as I talk about it. So you're not even going to do the opening line? (laughs) When you're rolling out the dough, just make sure you roll it slow. If you make the dough too quick, Bibby Bopka make you sick. When you pour the filling oh, I'm in, I'm so sorry, Kevin. <laughs> just make sure you wear a grin. When you smile at what you bake, Bibby Bobka turned out well. Yep. If at some Next point, four months this, of my life. <laughs> if at some point in this podcast, you only hear me is because we had to kill Kevin's mic. <laughs> yep. So that that is it was the unfortunate result of seeing wow. this episode. Is now I will be singing the Perfect Strangers version of Libbo Rock. There, and maybe I can try to blast out of your head, although there's a chance it's not going to work. <laughs> when I was a kid, there was a chain before Home Depot and stuff. It was called Rickles. It might have been a I remember East. Rickles. Yeah. So Rickles had a very simple jingle. I mean, it is remarkably simple, but sometimes the genius is in the simple. Mm-hmm. And it was this, and it would get stuck in my head. Rickles helps you do it better. Do it better with Rickles. Mm-hmm. Essentially, that's the same line, just said yeah. differently. Yep. And it just would I remember get it. caught in there. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping I'm trying to knock out your. No, it's okay. Bop. It's it's. Is it maybe bop actually another dish? I know you're saying it has that in another word. Yeah, I know. It's probably something close to something yeah. that's real, so that they could. Because Ches, there wasn't a Mepos. I. <laughs> I don't know when's the last time you looked at a globe or a map, Ches, or you know, the news. <laughs> But remember when uh, in 2000, Greece was having that whole financial situation? You didn't hear how it affected a country called Mipos next door. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was my, that's my relationship to Limbo Rock. And, and so anyway. <laughs> Maddie walks in on this. Yeah. All, everyone is involved in this. Everyone's playing this, even Agnes, our dear Agnes. I've been wrong about Agnes. She 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 kind of mixes us up here in this episode yeah. because she shows anger at Maddie for D. Davying, D. David, David, D. David, D. David, 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 yeah. Because Maddie so again, asking this bet, yeah. So they made this bet that David can't be an adult, and he can't. So, but the bet was for Maddie was going to give him three thousand dollars. Where's that money coming from? They I never don't have know. a dime. I really don't. <laughs> and then, on top of that, David negotiates that she will. Not only give him $3,000, but she'll have to limbo, too, in front of the whole office. Right. And what David does if he loses is he has to fire anybody in the office that is useless. Which is essentially the staff. Everybody, except Agnes. And Agnes is unhappy because David does change in that grumpy, very sullen, small child way. We are fine. Okay. And you just scowl and you don't show emotion. And you realize, as you said, it's not black and white. Adulthood's in the middle. You know, he was so this was such a confusing episode in terms of 
how the bet was working. Yeah, because she gave him a lot of leeway first. She gave him a lot of leeway. He fooled around behind her back in front of the office to make them laugh. Yeah, doing the the elephant trunk kind of thing. Yeah, whenever he did something that wasn't adultish, she would stare at him and he would apologize. Then after she gets shamed for de-Davidding him by Agnes. And it was shaming. Yeah, it was in front of in front of people because the rest of the people stand up like it's the end of Dead Poet Society. Yeah, and they're all there for Robin Williams' teacher. Yeah, <laughs> so she feels shame there and kind of says she wants the David back. She misses the old David. She tells him, "I want the old David back." And so then they they figure out the case in whatever way they figure it out. And then David starts singing which was part of the rules of things he can't do as an adult. Yes. And he can't break into song like he always does. But I did like how she was like, you know, do you want him to be 55 and go and, you know, do eggs, egg, do bees, bees, do, you know, yeah. she was like, although the age 55 as the distended stomach 55 <laughs> end of yeah. life thing, maybe in 1985, that was essentially as close as you got to death as possible aside from death. But so it hurt. But, but I, I, like at that point where he sings to celebrate, she calls him out that he lost the bet. Yeah. But she had already, didn't she call the bet off by saying, I want the old David back? Uh, like officially, it was no, unofficially, it... multiple times. Yeah. Here's the thing Maddie says something that's absolutely right that made you go, the writers know this, but they're doing a cake and eat it too kind of thing. Because Maddie says, what hurts most is you are exactly the same person you were when I walked in here seven months ago. She believes she has loosened up. Yeah. That that can be put in question, but the the way they write Maddie is so straight laced and so black and white, and curiously, with Maddie they do a strange thing. They'll have everyone ogle her, including David, yeah. repeatedly, but they give Maddie no sex life, nothing of that for herself. It's just what everyone else looks upon her. They don't have her, and that's more a product of eighties, but it is problematic. It I will say that they've, they've they've basically gotten rid of that with maddie he does this a couple times in this episode even when he's trying to be an adult he does make a one or two references to her physicality right but she was going on dates back in season one for for like the first couple of episodes and then that all went away because i guess they want to focus on the two of them yeah and granted as far as we know david is not going on any dates i mean granted last week he was (laughs) girls are yucky to I mean, yeah, if you want to dip the hair, the hair in inkwell, I don't know how, now David sounds like it's the 1840s. Yeah, girls are for, I guess, shooting spitballs out through your straw. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's what he does. <laughs> She's changed, but only thing, but it was the writers going, we know this. I can't so believe it's only been seven months. <laughs> it hasn't even been seven months for us, but still. No, but I mean, it's been seven <laughs> months of the show, basically, yeah. in the show's life. Right. And I feel like it should have been longer and it felt like it but i think they were actually doing real time there yeah probably i think they were doing real time here what this should have been was david should have fired everyone let's okay let's cut let's let's rewind maddie should have fired everyone the moment she saw them all do that scene should have ended with everyone walking out with all their possessions and one of those cardboard boxes that has the fall wood kind of you know thing on it everyone just walking out by noon by noon, yeah. it should have been three people, and David's job should have been questionable there. Yeah. We don't fire Agnes. But Agnes shamed Maddie in front of people. And I don't want to say 
I'm disappointed because then that's sort of the flattening out of Agnes's character, like the writers in the flatten out Maddie's character. But it was, you know, the truth is, it's probably a little believable. She's got a much longer relationship with David than she has with Maddie. I agree. I didn't like it, but that doesn't mean I still don't like, like what I said was it made, I questioned my thoughts of what Agnes was. But Agnes is a longtime friend with David. Yeah. And even in the beginning, David said, don't worry, we're going to be okay. He was going to look out for Agnes, whatever. They do have a friendship. So that is, and, you know, she just wants to be a mature adult. What does he do? I'm a mature adult. I've got body hair. Another, another large. Another large thing. It's like, what makes an adult body hair? Because that's what the gym teacher said. Yeah. What makes an adult is body hair. You can drive a car. I don't know if David's got, I doubt David's got cards of his own. If he does, it's got to be a corporate account. I mean, his car is a corporate car, right? Yeah. We don't see that car anymore. Now it's just the BMW. Yeah, it's just the BMW. BMW. And uh, Maddie's good behind the wheel to be in I'm glad they do give, they, they give. That's not the way it should be done. But Maddie does drive a lot in this show. Where in the, you know, they usually be the guy driving. Um, <laughs> although when they go places, it is usually David driving. And David's just silent on the car rides here because he's an adult. Yeah. And being an adult is being a sullen individual. Granted, <laughs> 80% of adults, yeah. But that's his version of it. He's playing, he has to play the role. He doesn't know what an adult is. Yeah, that's what it is. He doesn't know how to be he an has, adult. He has nothing so, to pull from. Yeah. But the client who comes in, whose son is the pianist at the beginning of the episode, uh, first of all, her name is Barbara Bain, and she was in Mission Impossible in Space 1999. In fact, in other words, if there was a show in the 60s and 70s that had a colon in the title, apparently she was in it. She wants them to pay off the money to deal with the ransoming, but you could have anyone do that. In fact, Maddie's right. Why don't you have the FBI handle it? Mm-hmm. Maddie is truthful. She does not know how to maintain a client, <laughs> having to walk out, but she is honest. But the mom wants them to renegotiate it, negotiate it down. It's a very Mr. Burns thing when his son, yeah. who's played by Rodney Dangerfield, is kidnapped. And he's like, what do you want? Two thousand, three thousand? That's all I have. You know, he's, he's only going <laughs> to yeah. spend so much money. That also is good narrative shorthand. It gives you an exact idea what the she mm-hmm. stresses stepmom and what the nature of his relationship is. The son clearly uses the money. Clearly, she's got to go to that. And her last line to them is just bring him back cheaply. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do work. David's version of being an adult is protect the woman character. No, if I didn't, if I were an adult, I wouldn't have you go on this mission. Me, you wait in the car when he goes to handle the kidnapping. Sure. I mean, sure. again, I mean, he's a he's a child. Yeah. So you're going off of knights of King Arthur's court and like things like that, like the stories you heard. I'm surprised as an adult he didn't go to this meeting wearing both a tie and a bow tie. <laughs> The most professional hat he could find. A pipe. A pipe. <laughs> a smoking jacket and an ascot over that time. About the, Every newspaper with, under your arm. Exactly. <laughs> an attache case in both in either hand in each hand. Yeah. A walking stick. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I assume this is when I was a kid, and this is second grade, and I imagine what sixth grade would be like at that time in the school was a K through six. And I imagine, and granted, this is me having seen sixth graders in the building. But I assume I had this dream that being a sixth grader is each of the sixth graders came into the room, took off their hat, put it on the hat rack, had the attache <laughs> uh-huh. case they opened up. They had the little thermos of coffee. Everyone had a tie or was dressed for an office. 
Um, and I assume that's what sixth grade was going to be like. I mean, at no point did they then go to the martini station in the foyer of the thing like you did at a Bewitched. It was just, but it all, was just Mad Men. It was, it was just, just Mad, Mad Men. Because yeah. most of my knowledge was my dad did go to the city every day. This would be New York City and work every day. But he was, I think. But yeah, most of my knowledge from one in office was like was syndicated shows. And syndicated shows were from the 60s. And yeah. I was in the 70s at that time. So, yeah, I assume that's what it was. And I assume that's what David would think it was. David being older than us, even me. But yeah, I assume that would be it. But he goes there and um, the kidnappers are smart. They don't, they cut the negotiation, throw the money into a laundry yeah. chute. But David actually does a smart thing. He actually shows that occasionally he's a detective. He runs to the roof to see who gets the money. Yeah. There's no surprise. I mean, when you were watching this, you kind of knew what was coming, right? I yeah. mean, I kind of did. Yeah. yeah. It's the son. The pianist faked his own kidnapping to get the money. They catch him. He admits everything and he makes a deal with him. Pretend that you saved yeah. him. Yeah. And that's it. I was surprised Maddie went through with it. Yeah, I was surprised too. She obviously doesn't feel good about it because they have yeah. the scene of her not feeling good about it, but they did it. And sometimes, in order to keep the lights on, you have to take advantage of rich old women. And <laughs> given everything, 50K would mean the world to them. Yeah, and it's not like this woman. 50K would mean the world to me. It's, it's, not, it's not like she's this old rich woman comes off as a sweet old lady. No. She's no, she clearly shrewd. If you're no. going to make a play, it, you could do it against this woman. This is a person who is trying to lower the asking price for her stepson. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's um, she is still willing to give money. I was surprised as a reward she gave him 50,000. The son's plan of just say you were the hero seemed to count on the fact they were going to get some reward money. But given that uh, Maddie, as always, wanted to tell the truth, money was almost not going to be in the card. But 50,000 was a, for someone. Yeah. I mean, that's half the ransom for someone who was hoping that maybe she could pay change out of her pocket for her stepson. That's a sizable reward money. And everything seems fine. David then celebrates with a limbo party yeah and he, he thinks lost. that's fine Every, he should have lost that in there yeah that should have been it that should have been it because he said but he says but we're celebrating and you know what as if he had said let's have a party to celebrate that's an adult thing to do yeah and could you have a limbo party as an adult thing sure you sure. can but not in the way any of this is done or David reacts in any way because he doesn't take he doesn't ask Maddie he doesn't bring up anything with Maddie he just does David. Yeah. So the, the ending of this is besides the bet between Maddie and David is that it turns out the old woman then has her son kidnapped again. Again, because it's a kidnap based economy as we, I'm going to bring this up. I don't no, to make don't it do it. No, I, no. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, I'm going to rephrase it. Okay. I hope Meg Plant the eggplant doesn't get kidnapped again, or I hope Peg Plant the eggplant doesn't get kidnapped. I'm hoping the best for the entire Zini's family, but I it is—they've invited the wolf into the uh, into the hen house because they've they brought Glaurapus into the Zini's family. I think it is an unfortunate thing that we ran into this specific moonlighting episode yeah. while we're dealing with a sponsor. It seems like uh, put upon kidnapping and not a real one because it, well we know the first but kidnapping in this is it's is fake. clearly easy to draw a parallel between mama tetrazzini who's a rich old woman and this woman 
from the Moonlighting episode. It's just it's feeding us too easily. We're too close. We're too close to it, yeah, because it, we're, because this is DNAing the strands. They're just going in and out. It's just it's just it's it's. But hard. dear lord, if Meg Plant the eggplant goes missing again, <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm because not apologizing next time. We apologize for the threat of not apologizing, but let's. You know what? We're hoping everyone stays safe, even though clearly, admittedly, like all fast food places. Did we ever find out if it was a Captain Hook or something for Burger King? But like all fast food places, you need a villain. I get the villain, but the villain should not be someone. And none of Burger King or McDonald's or any of the things did one of them kidnap uh, the main character. Yeah. I don't think yeah. the king was ever kidnapped. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, like you said, the hamburger never took Mayor McCheese's head. Yeah. Because you got to imagine every time he looked at him, he salivated. Right. You know? And, you know, Burger King could have certainly ended in a rather unfortunate regicide kind of <laughs> aspect. <laughs> but it didn't. So we're we're hoping. But. Oh, yeah. So the mom, the mom has the kid kidnapped again. Well, the mom yeah. says the kidnap's been the, kid's the kid, been kidnapped. Yeah, she says to Maddie that that he's been kidnapped again, but and she's behind us. it. And so supposedly they're supposed to drop off the money at the front of a a tunnel, and after they drive through the tunnel, he'll be in a van parked on the other side. That's what the kidnappers said. And eventually, it's in that there classic, was like a whole yeah. It's in that classic, I guess, LA. What do they call the water ducts? The ducts that are always dry, yeah. where they have the. Uh, the the race in Greece. Yep. Where you have numerous chases. It's it's that exact same one, and it was through a series of letters. Every time they yeah. went there, it was always the yeah. cutout letters, the very classic, which may have been from our from their Los Angeles, uh, you know, newspaper of record for moonlighting. And they get yeah, there. What so they get there and the van blows up. The van blows up. And then they're Maddie's horrified because. They didn't get there in time or they met some they messed up somehow. They 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 feel like she feels like she's guilty. She feels guilty and that they did something wrong. Now, and and so then they realize that they never saw any bits of man. They didn't anything. see viscera like, flying in the Yeah, air. they didn't see stuff. So maybe and he's so, alive. But here's the thing. That is as false of a conclusion as assuming he's dead. Oh, this absolutely. Is, this is pianist Schroeder's cat. Yeah. We don't know. No yeah. one looked at it. So, granted, could he be alive and never been in there? Yes. Could he have been in there? Yes. Yeah. But they really jumped to the conclusion. Yeah. That the pianist is alive. To the point that they even call her and say, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. Yeah. I would not have made that call yet. Would you have? I'd actually want to know he was no. alive. No, but you got to make that call so that the woman can get ready for you to come there so she could set the trap to kill you. Narrative guys. speaking. Yeah. That is a crucial. Otherwise, call. you would just drive to her house. It also reminds me, because all these calls and everything, how much change you had to carry with you back in the Yeah, David's got money ready to go because he had to open up the newspaper thing, too. He's got yeah. change. So probably, people probably drop a lot of change walking through that alley. Because I refuse to believe that he lives in whatever room that was last week. That's, he lives in that, that alley. We assume he actually got lucky that one time. Okay. And somehow she knew where he was. Because maybe that's the same place he gets lucky. Yeah. Which brings up a whole other question. But. <laughs> in large terms, lucky means he gets ice cream. 
he might he might have touched and some tv time yeah (laughs) (laughs) i got lucky last night saw some cartoons ate nachos and slept in a bed it'll be like 16 candles got lucky (laughs) meant that someone gave him the underwear that he could show to other people (laughs) you know and everyone goes "Ooh, yeah he's going to go to the co-workers and show underwear from whoever he was with who let him stay there that night and they'll all be impressed even agnes apparently yeah, but there's a lot of change because we're talking about kidnapping. At one point, Frank Sinatra's son, Frank Sinatra Jr., was kidnapped. And because of that, he had to do all these phone calls, Frank Sinatra, for the rest of his life, always kept dimes in his pocket in case he had to do the, essentially what happens here, this series of phone calls. Mm-hmm. So apparently David is, maybe as the son of the ground round fortune, maybe mm-hmm. David has been kidnapped. You know, maybe at one point they made a mistake and actually kidnapped his brother instead, and they weren't so quick to hand the money in. So that's why the brother <laughs> and David don't get along, and the brother left because dad wouldn't pay for my kidnapping, but they're always quick to pay for yours. Oh, that's a good Who point. knows what's going on with the ground round? What I'm saying is, we are learning that restaurateurs lead a very complicated life, full of intrigue. <laughs> is what is is the takeaway point here? So, they they go back to the place. The woman pulls a gun on Maddie and David, and then. Maddie and David get out of it the way that I mean, like David pretends to be shot when the gun goes off and then takes the gun away, whatever. But like you and I talked about before the episode, did the guy die in a van? We We don't don't know. know. It's Schrodinger's (laughs) cat. We don't know. It's like like I know Maddie and David can't know, but but they didn't resolve it in the dialogue afterwards with the mob the like did she office. kill yeah. it seemed like she did kill him the fact that we don't know i assume leads to the fact that he is dead yeah because she seemed to have enough of him she actually wanted him dead yeah it would make things easier for so her she in believed, her giant house yeah, where she, she doesn't believed, have to do anything <laughs> doesn't do anything apparently except i hope she's got a lot of uh, spray finish because that's a lot of teak in that house you got a lot of cleaning to do but she believed because she finds out when they're there because maddie yells it in the phone said the first game that was a thing which was another way of saying we shouldn't have taken your fifty thousand. we lied to you but but, and yeah. I was curious why she wasn't upset. You know why? Because the, the mom is focused on something else entirely. Yeah. But the mom did believe the first kidnapping was real, which meant she believed there were people who want, and that her son had been rescued. So in her mind, there are people willing to kidnap her. So she could set up the second kidnapping, and there's already a precedent that he's been kidnapped. Finding out that the first kidnapping was fake kind of screwed up her plans. Yeah. But, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, she's already there, and she's going to do this. And... She brings him into the music room where he's like, you're not going to shoot them there. That's a 12 by 12 expensive rug you've got there. I mean, that's a huge rug. You're not getting blood out of that. Or if you got to get rid of it, you're rolling up a 12 by 12 carpet and you're throwing it out. And that's not an easy toss. Whatever she was going to do at that point was going to trouble. But David, because it's a rich person, which means there's a Steinway piano, uh, takes off, I guess, the the stick that holds up the top. Yeah, the I'm, I'm, using, I'm using the technical terms here. Yeah, yeah, the piano stick. And then knocks yeah. the gun. He fakes it, which is fine. That's all good. But it is. And then David celebrates by singing money. That's what I want. And Maddie calls him out and says, now you got to do the firing. She calls him on it. Now, granted, he should be called on it. Because at the end, as David said, he would have made her limbo. And she says, I know with a smile. But she she lets him off the hook again at the end. He was about to fire everyone in that glum childhood kind of way. Yeah. And Two people who really. Again. He just he gets, gets away with it again. Because I'm going to be honest with you, they should be fired. One, 
because yeah. they they are just flat out being lazy. And two, they actually listen. This isn't a pro corporate thing, but at a certain point, being an adult means making the hard choices. Yeah. And if your company is bleeding cash and you have a staff of 162 people yeah. who do nothing because all the crimes are solved by two people. Yeah. I'm curious because we know later there's going to be another character that's brought in who's going to be a main character who becomes Agnes's boyfriend, who is who played Booger in Revenge of the Nerds and um, whose name is escaping me right now. And he's actually Curtis going to go. Armstrong. Curtis Armstrong. He also played. He also voices the character Booger on American Dad. They called him the same name for a reason. But he is going to be part of the mystery solving. He's a detective. So at that point, do they fire everyone else because now they got an employee who does work? She said at the beginning that we have they are underworked and overpaid, and yeah. we should get rid of them. Why do and- they get to keep their jobs? Kevin? <laughs> That's the real mystery of all this. Yeah. By the way, I was I just want to know if these names ever get used again. So I wrote them down that he was going to write Ferguson and O'Neill. I'm sure we will never see those two actors we, again. Ferguson we've done before. Oh, Ferguson has is he was he lim, was he the limbo guy? Or was uh, he, he the other guy? Hold on. Is Ferguson the one who gets into the coffee fight? Because it's all about coffee. <laughs> I don't know. We had names. I thought one of them was Ferguson before. I could be wrong. No, but I it it there is the ring of familiarity there. Another thing about being an adult is education, you start forgetting facts and you have to rely on your intern to get to the thing. And if your intern's a cat, sometimes things slow down. We will never know if Burger King had it. I'm pretty sure it was a Captain Hook like thing. But it's not really all that important. It's very important. It is very important because we care about these things because we care about our own sponsor. We hope their Zini land thing that they're building, one, is yeah. not copyright infringing like McDonald's land was. And two... It's- it's pretty. I mean, it uh, looks like it looks like Grimace, like so much. They are lifting from McDonald's, like from Seals and Marty, Sid and Marty Croft, excuse me, Seals and Marty. Now I'm combining with a singing group uh, um, in the seventies. But <laughs> speaking of old, there were. I'm confused about how old David and Maddie actually are. So it's the eighties. They're in their thirties, right? So, yeah, I mean, now this is in the 80s, 30s. Again, the era where breakfast consisted of pork and palm malls. So yeah, know. but but I'm trying to go back in time and not like adjust their, right, their appearance. True. So that takes them back to like kids in the 50s. They are so, boomers. They would be. Boomers. Yeah. So they remember the 60s. They don't really remember the 50s. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe they know enough that maybe David as a kid re- recalls watching Howdy Doody or something. Yeah, so these references that they made, I had to look up every single one except Lawrence Welk. I was but I had never it. heard of Zulu as a... That was a curious line because or, Zulu is also a tribe. And she said yeah. it's like Zulu. It's a movie that's basically, it's a movie that celebrates how the English fought back the Zulu tribe. It's a very... Okay. Yeah, sure. but it, that was a curious line. But Murray the K? Murray the K was a disc jockey. I know that because of movies and my dad. And Jan Murray, who I had never heard of. Jan Murray was a comic. I, I know yeah. these things because of my parents are a little older than your parents, but yeah. also I would watch a lot of old movies and old references. So all those, remember, I'm the guy who knew, hey, look, it's Billy yeah. Drago. But those are references, and that's happened before, that it's clearly, David has cited the Twilight Zone a lot. We could be... Granted, we could cite the Twilight Zone yeah. as well. But yeah, I would think probably 
let's say David is 30. So let's say he was born in 1955. Yeah. I'm assuming Maddie is also 30. Let's for this purpose, yeah. let's assume yeah. they're 30. But yeah, their their references are gonna be baby boomer. Because at that time, the parent the people in their twenties said watching this hip show would have been baby boomers. I mean, granted, I had just started college and I'm on the early end of Gen X, but I'm not and I would stress this, a baby boomer. But yeah, this is a show where a large part of the audience would have been baby boomers or like my parents, a generation before baby boomers. Yeah. The silent generation, I think it's called. But yeah, that's we're going to come across that a lot of times. You're going to have to do that a lot. Yeah, but I mean, I've been they've been old references, but they've been things I've heard of, whereas right. this one was a lot of stuff that I had no idea. Yeah, I think part of it is because they let for someone who had to be done with David in order to get to the bet was so David in this episode. He just kept oh, talking. So he was going to cover everything. I mean, he just it should not have been a bet. It might have sh- on, on Maddie's part. It could maybe just she could have slept. Just shut he, him up. <laughs> he tried to family guy it where if you just keep going, it'll eventually break the wall and it'll be funny. Yeah. And he was not so he was not reading that room at all. Not even close. Again, I think if you're the spoiled son, maybe that's why he's able to do this. He's not even worried about although he is worried about the job. I think he needs this job because he lives in a he is the son of the ground round in our world as we understand this. But he doesn't seem to be getting money from the ground round family. Nah. You know, because if he's living that's in what an he alley, said, he said it's a, a Billy job. Madison situation. Yeah. Where he needs to prove himself before he can take over the ground round throne. And I'm going to tell you, Billy Madison was quicker to realizing this than David is. Yeah. Granted, Billy Madison had two hours where David has five seasons. But I don't talking... see him realizing it. <laughs> From what we've seen, this episode, I only see him becoming, there is a term that uh, TV tropes like to use called the flanderization of a character. Where you take the yeah. most noticeable trait of it, and that becomes a defining trait. So Flanders in The Simpsons at first was not a religious guy. He had a good family streak. That's why he's got that bar downstairs with yeah, the yeah. pool table. He was their family was better off than The Simpsons. They were calmer. They were uh, a nicer family. In fact, for me, there was a family that I referred to later as the Flanders when I was growing up because the next door neighbors. I'm not going to say the name just so I don't, but you know, I don't want to call it the name, but the, the nicest, the Jenkins, not <laughs> even close, but the <laughs> nicest people. And my dad scored so much free medical <laughs> consultation from them. And they were just nice and calm. And I think, but Flanders over time became the most obvious traits. And I think that there's going to be, there's going to be no undaviding of David. There's only going to be the Davidization of David here. Uh. <laughs> and it's just going to keep going. Can't and we wait. have to we have to prepare ourselves. As two adults, we yep. know we can't yeah. always get what we want. Nope. We can try sometimes. But, but as an adult, you also don't always get what you need. It's pretty the same. Uh, but yeah, we, really we have to prepare. Yeah, yeah, we have to prepare for this. But that doesn't mean adulthood's a bad thing. It just means you have to put more in the work. Yeah. Especially if you're in the witness protection program, you got to play it safe. And you've oh, man, am I going to edit out that part where we give up who we are? I don't know. No, because we got to be true to ourselves. Being an adulthood, yeah. as you said, 
you mentioned earlier, you have to be true to yourself when you yeah. do things. So we can't we can't edit ourselves. We can only learn from ourselves. We'll just constantly be on the move. The podcast will just have to be done from different places at all times. You know, like like in The Simpsons when Krusty has to do a show from the Alkali Flats. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it'll be that. You occasionally you're gonna hear a motor running because we're doing it in a car being chased. So what prop? This is uh, a tough one. What prop would be one. in the Planet Hollywood restaurant for this episode? This is tough. I mean, one would think maybe one of the ransom letters, but there are so many actually yeah. at a certain point. So that kind of uh I I don't want to do the toilet paper roll, you know, the cardboard tube. You could do the lay. Lay. I'm thinking the lay. That's how yeah. I'll slowly work it. Because or Agnes's boombox. Agnes's boombox, but uh, which, by the way, if we ever have a band, we got the name Agnes's boombox. <laughs> Agnes's that, boombox. That, that actually sounds like we're saying something else. <laughs> but in context of this, it's a good name. But here, and we mentioned how I remember this episode not so much what happened in it. In fact, I had no clue, but I remembered the limbo thing. And you had said that that's actually kind of an iconic image for this show, that they do cite it a lot. So I think the lay is actually the way to go. Yeah. So, yeah, so do not attempt a kidnapping. Zinis. <laughs> As an adult, try to understand where other people may be in and what trouble they may be having. Zinis. I guess that's for us to know about them. And uh, don't. Try to lower down the ransom for your son if they're a child, if they're kidnapped, which seems like a grim thing. But the adulthood is also dealing with the hard truths. Yeah. But again, yeah. that wouldn't have helped. He would have just had himself kidnapped again. He, there was, maybe she was right. Maybe the only way to handle this was to kill him. As as a parent, sometimes you have to make the hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're stopping on that. But <laughs> as a restaurateur, sometimes you realize. You know, you do what you can to get your mascot back. But if you can score a little PR coup there by introducing your three new entrees that just happen to be timed at the exact moment that's kidnapped, why not? What are we to question? I'm willing to believe that there was a really smart person who came up with this whole plan. And it would have just been nice if we knew before we were able to throw out accusations. Yeah, because there are long running things and usually everyone like, I think we had this conversation at a certain point in the 80s, Burger King decided to do a Herb. Herb yeah. was supposedly the one character who had never had a hamburger. And if you saw, and the actor playing Herb would occasionally show up at Burger King's. And if you saw Herb and you said, hey, it's Herb, you would get $1,000. Although that seems problematic. I just imagine 400 people in the restaurant all saying they're the ones <laughs> who said they're Herb. And then you rent it for a million. Herb looked like an accountant, just a normal guy. But you could get cheap burgers if you went to the counter and said, I'm not Herb, and you get a 99-cent burger. Or if you were Herb, and for some reason you need to call it out, because I don't remember ever having to give my name at a counter, say, I'm not the Herb you're looking for. Herb was found. But at the same time, Wendy's said, Herb's eating at our place all the time. So what the point is with these promotions. Yeah, the Herb thing's not good. The Herb thing's not good. That's real bad. And the agency got fired. Jay Thomas, which is a very famous agency. Yeah. Uh, got fired from this because it was just poorly. Poor. I mean, the Noid was even better for for Domino's, which was at the same time. But oh, yeah. the point I mean, is, got to avoid the Noid. Part of being an adult is being <laughs> upfront with what you're doing, but also thinking things out. You can't just act like David does in the moment. 
you can't just say whatever comes in your mind because you think it's funny, like we did in front of a bunch of not, uh, rather unhuman, you know, capitals who did not laugh, who stared at us. We knew at that point we had to contact the FBI. I'm still trying to recall what we did in the mob, by the way. Except maybe we were just food delivery guys. Maybe that's it. Maybe we we mouthed off. We can't and, say what we did. Just we can't. But I'm yeah. And guessing doesn't actually help because being an adult is knowing when to. I mean, shut we up we know what we did. Yeah. We just have to throw them off our set. We were the food delivery guys. That's what there we were. Go. We were, we were those delivery. guys. You ever you ever order a food and two people show up because maybe yep. you ordered a lot of food? Yeah, yeah. Maybe because you didn't get the six foot sub, you got the twelve foot sub, and you can't handle that on your own. One person's be a friend, one person's be a bad. Oh, remember and you that have stairwell to we had to go up with yeah. that twelve oh, you foot had to stuff? Make it, you had to make uh, it go vertical, pivot, then horizontal, yeah. the whole thing. And you know, I'm just saying we did our part because we were adults, because we were people who took our job seriously. Like David needs to take his job seriously. Just a little more serious. Just a little. Just he can be funny like we were until we got in trouble. No one's saying he can't. Adulthood isn't being glum. Adulthood is a balancing act. It's pistachio it ice cream. It's pistachio ice cream, but not all the time because you can't live on pistachio ice cream. It's having that cookie when you want, but knowing sometimes you shouldn't want cookies all the time. And that you I have to pay for those cookies. But you have to pay. Yeah, there was. I remember remember because you had sent me a photo once, texted a photo. We text each other, which doesn't seem smart for two people in the, in the witness protection. especially doing On podcast. our burner phones. On our burner phones, Yes. It's a good thing we keep in touch with what our burner numbers are repeatedly. Uh, that you had sent me what you thought was the saddest photo ever. You had dropped a box, a, a plastic clamshell box of the Costco chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, it was the worst. I'm going to tell life. you. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. We're, in the, we're in the witness protection program. That was uh, the worst thing. That was worse, yeah. You know, being an adult is putting everything in perspective. <laughs> yeah. But those are delicious cookies. Yeah. I mean... You tend to like cookies more than I do, but I am not one to deny myself sweets every so often, even if yeah, it's... Yeah, you have one once a year. <laughs> it's a holiday. I throw myself a little parade. I make yep. a float for the cat. I live alone, people, and I'm in the middle of this parade. Your and mind I, goes adult. And you savor that one lifesaver. I just, you just savor it. <laughs> Hope you get the right flavor. You, you do it with your eyes closed. You pop it in. You're like... Ugh, this better carry me through the year. Yeah, please don't be pineapple, the <laughs> yep. white one. That's not I, that's not going to be a flavor. But I guess pineapple is the white one. The other one's lemon. Like, give me a cherry or the lime. Give me. So, in fifth grade, okay. I made a New Year's promise that I would not. My resolution was that I wouldn't chew gum for a year. Please, yeah. I thought I chewed gum for too much for a child, which is a child who is just a little too OCD and nervous and anxious. Because if you're yeah. thinking you chew too much gum, yeah, let it ride. I think yeah. I used to like Big Red, not because I ever had a chance to kiss anyone. You know, the kiss lasts longer. I just like cinnamon, or what they assume cinnamon flavor is, which is hot. And at the end of the year, I go, well, it would be weird if I, I pulled it off for another year, a whole year. Why not let this ride? What I'm trying to say, people, I have not chewed gum for 46 years. That's and I don't time. know why, except for the fact it keeps going. Because part of being an adult is commitment. But part of being adult is wondering if you've made the right commitment. Also, we hope that you will make the same commitment to us that Ches made to not chewing gum. So click here, yeah, or wherever my finger is pointing. Sure. <laughs> and uh, if you like this podcast, please tell other people because yeah. 
we 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 like doing it and we want to talk to as many people as possible since we can't talk to anyone being in the witness protection program mm -hmm. we can't tell you about ourselves but we can tell you all you will ever need to know about an italian restaurant and a tv show from the 80s occasionally that it is in that order yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now stay tuned for your local news tonight on eyewitness news some people think Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's relationship is fake. It's not. But you know what is fake? The whole concept of...